Um, good evening, everybody. Say hello to your neighbor. Good evening, neighbors. You're all welcome. I'm sure you had a great day today. Yes. If, if it wasn't so great, by the time you're through, by God's grace, it's going to be great. So let's have an open heart, even as God wants to bless us with his word. Um, Acts of the Apostles, we're continuing Acts of the Apostles. We've been looking at that um, in the new series for Thrive. Today, we're going to be looking at Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, from verse 12 to 42. So, um, CMN, please bring up the text so we can read it. It's quite a long read, but we can start, okay? The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on birds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The high priests and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. When the high priests and his officials arrived, they, when, okay, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. I think you need to go back. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported. The jail was securely locked, but the guards standing outside, with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guards and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priests confronted them. 
Didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name? He, he demanded. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. When they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent out the, outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was that fellow, Theodas, who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed. And all his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, Leave these men alone. Let them be. If they are planning and doing things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. Then others accept, the others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continue to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a powerful, powerful read. Um, when we listen to um, scriptures like this, it really makes us to ponder and think about how we are doing in our walk with God. These were people that were on the verge of being killed and they were not relenting. They were not 
planning to run away. They were not giving up. They were just focused on the mission that God had placed in their hearts to accomplish. So in looking at this um, um, scripture from verse 12 to 42, what I can see, there's a lot of um, transformation taking place. There's a lot of training. I will explain as we go on. There's testing, of course, and victory at the end, triumph. Verse, um, we did this last week, verse 1 to 11, where it was talking about Ananias and Sapphira. We saw the whole, you know, um, lesson. It was very expository last week. So the summary on that, what I got from that was that conspiracy against the Holy Spirit leads to death. This was physical death in the case of um, Ananias and Sapphira, but we learned that not just physical death occurs when we conspire, when we disobey, when we lie to the Holy Spirit. Even spiritual death takes place. Verse 12, um, maybe um, CMM can bring it up. I'll just read verse 12. It says, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. It says, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colony. Okay, so now in verse, in verse um, 12, we see the activity of the apostles. Um, it's not enough to call yourself a believer. It's not enough to call yourself um, your you're, you're a disciple without any activity. What we do, like we learned even throughout um, the um, last season, that outreach is not passive. So we can't say we're Christians and be passive. The Bible here says that the apostles were performing many, not one, many. So um, the Bible does not record everything that they did, but it says here that many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And it says that all the, all the believers we are meeting regularly, that's another thing, regular meetings at the temple. So when I talked about um, the training, what do you think they were coming to meet to do every time they were always meeting? Why do we come to thrive? Why do we come to church? This was a new... Um, 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 new dispensation that was being introduced and they needed to keep gathering, to keep hearing the word, to keep hearing the word, to keep building their faith. That's why we come here. That's why we come to church. That's why we come to thrive. That's why we are connected to what God is doing even in God's favorite house. We, we, um, we hear it every Sunday. Um, six over six. There's NCR going on. There's the journey. Are we plugged in? Are we connected with what is happening even in God's house? We can't just be passive. These um, apostles, the believers, they were meeting because they were being taught. The word of God was being explained to them every day so that they can know how to walk even in those times. How to be able to stand even with opposition like we're going to see as we go on. Then also... Verse 13 talks about, um, yeah, we read it, fellowship. I'll read um, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. It says that all scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong. 
with our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do. Teaches us to do what is right. So there's a teaching that goes on. We don't just, you know, wake up into righteousness. There's a teaching that goes on. So we have to be taught. We have to be taught in righteousness. And every word of God is inspired to give life. That is why we have to make ourselves available to that word. And it's that word that can change us and make us who God wants to be. Even as the teaching is going on, if you have questions, you can put them down so that when it's time for questions, you can, you can ask your questions, you can write them down. Those online, you can also um, send in your, your questions. And as we go on, uh, God will help us to answer them. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so the next thing that came to my mind, I was just picking up um, um, words that were standing out for me. Verse 14, if we can read verse 14, please. Verse 14, is it up? Okay, it says that yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women continue as a result of the apostles work sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by praise God praise God hallelujah all right so here you know what comes to mind here is that the work has to have results. It's not enough to say um, we're working or we're in God's house. What is the result? What's the outcome? From what we read, we saw here that the apostles' work was yielding results. More and more people believed. Even in our lives, people have to be drawn to God because of what they see in our lives. What is the testimony that comes out of your life? Is it drawing people to God? Or is it um, dispelling people? Will somebody say, ah, if this person is in this church, me, I'm not going to come here. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Our testimony should draw people to God. It should make people want to come and see, oh, oh so it was in that church that God, God um, saved you, God healed you, I, I have to come. Oh, is it in the church that you are able to have such faith to do such big things? I have to come. So the apostles' work was yielding results, clear results. People were being added. More and more people were coming because of what they were doing. Um, verse 15 says, talks about Peter's shadow. I had to stop there when, when I read that. I say shadow. Shadow. That means we carry so much power and we carry so much value that we don't even know. That even our shadow has power. You know, it wasn't Peter that told them, come and line them up or let my shadow pass. It was not Peter. They, on their own, saw what was happening. I mean, God was doing, as we read earlier, miraculous signs and wonders, a lot of things were happening all over the place. Say, ah, let me know me, so let's, if he cannot reach me, at least his shadow can fall 
on me and something can happen. What, what creates a shadow is when light, when light falls on an object and lands on a surface. What light was falling on Peter? It just had to be the light of God. It's not any ordinary bulb or anything. So what is falling on us? What are we reflecting? What does our shadow carry? What can our shadow do? We need God's light to be able to carry healing even in our shadow. I mean, the people we are creative about their faith, you know, they, they, they just say, ah. it happened for when Jesus was around the, the lady with the issue of blood, she touched, nobody told her to touch the hem of his garment. There was no way it was written. But she, by herself, applied the faith, touched his hem, and she received her healing. So it shows that we can be creative about our faith. We can do things that we have not even seen written. Jesus told his disciples that these things that you see me doing is smaller. The things you are going to do is going to be much, much more than what you are seeing. So, and we are his disciples. So, and that applies to us very, very well. We should not limit ourselves. I mean, in reading this scripture, I was just... Just carried away. I said, God, you are too much. You. you are just too much. And we have been taking you anyhow. You are too much. God is so great. And he's so amazing. And, you know, he has, he has thought of us. And he has brought us even into this greatness. We should not see ourselves any less. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, that's about... Um, Peter's shadow, you now have to be conscious that everything around you has power. Your shadow has power. So if you wave like this, it has power. If you do like this, it has power. If you sit down, it has power. So you should know who you are. You're carrying the power of God that can change lives, that can, you know, draw people to God. So you can't afford to live anyhow. You can't afford to do anything anyhow you like because you are different. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So we'll look at um, verse 16. Verse 16. Okay. So I'll read it again. It says, crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem. I want to stop there. Go back again. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem. Okay. So, you know, what, what came to my mind was that which age are we now? Where do they pull crowd? Where do they pull crowd? Who can answer the question? Where do we gather crowd now? When you say you have followers, where are they? Oh, I can see them. <laughs> I mean, you know, then... Everything was physical, going from one place to the other. But now, the crowd is in the air. The crowd is online. What are we doing with that, you know? I mean, what are we doing with it? I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. I'm going to learn more how to pull crowd for Jesus online. It's important. 
you know, I mean, the people of the world, they have used this means to pull crowd for nonsense. Total nonsense. You know. Say crowds, we are coming from other towns. We can tweet, people that have Twitter accounts. Oh, church was amazing today. Then I think you can put a clip for the tweet. You know, tag all your friends, tag all the taggables, all the things, you know. You can also say, ah, this ministration was so great. Yeah, yeah, you tag again. Ah, do you know what we are learning now? Do you know what SALF is? Hmm. It's the series of, this, of the decade Secure a limitless future. You tag. You now do all the things they do. I mean, crowd. You now say, okay, somebody has liked, somebody has reposted, somebody has this, somebody has that. We need to use this means seriously for God because the enemy is using it. We have to start trending for Jesus. We, we, we can't just allow the enemy to take hold even of that too. So please, who is going to start posting things for Jesus? Not just uh, uh, one funny thing or the other. Who is, who is going to start? Ah, everybody is um, serving now. Everybody is serving. Hey, I can see Debbie. Me, I will, I will also join and learn. So I have to learn. You know, If you don't know, there's nothing wrong in asking. Let's post about Jesus. Let's talk about our testimonies online. Let's tag our friends. This is what God did. This is what he's doing. Ah, in my church, this was what happened. This was... That is how crowds come. They will now want to trace, oh, where is this place? Oh, if I can't come physically, can I join online? You can join online. You can do this. You can do that. Say crowds came. So let's be deliberate. Let's be deliberate. Verse 17 talks about the opposition. Say the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Let me stop there. Jealousy. We have to be careful as children of God that we don't start walking even as um, Sadducees or Pharisees. Why were they filled with jealousy? Because by the time the apostles had given their testimony. They were offended. So people are coming, they are coming into town from other villages, not even to see us. The high council is to see these people. Who are they? You know, they couldn't just, you know, accept it. We have to be careful when we start getting jealous. What is going on? Is it because it's not about you? If somebody is giving a testimony, thank God for him. Connect to that testimony and believe God for your own testimony. You cannot start getting jealous. That is not how you will attract your own blessing or your own testimony. You are not a Pharisee. You are not a Sadducee. Don't harbor jealousy for any reason. You know, the heart is, I mean, the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's only the person that has the heart that knows the heart that can see what is going on there. You can be saying good morning and you actually mean that person good night. 
You are the one you can see what is going on there. So we have to be deliberate. Deliberate. No room for jealousy. We are not Sadducees. We are not Pharisees. We are children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Verse um, 18 to 21. I'll just pick a few verses there. It says, they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Okay, let's just stop there. Wow. Hmm. I, I, God didn't even wait for like two more verses before he sent the angel. Let's go back again. Let's go back. No, before that one. Said they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. The next verse. But an angel. You won't even know how close your, you know, your deliverance is. It's just in the next verse. You can't give up. They put them in a public jail. They put it there public. So, I mean, it could be run down. You know, just to embarrass them, to frustrate them, to make them feel miserable. You know, they kept them there. You know how it is. If you have gone to one of these places, the police station, how it is, when they keep somebody, they will just keep somebody there to, to demoralize you so that by the next day when they are questioning you, everything you are, they are asking you, you are saying yes, that you did it. You did it, even when you don't know what you did, you know. So they put them there to frustrate them. But the Bible says that but an angel of the Lord. The next verse, God didn't even wait. Sent an angel. We've been reading in the um, devotional, there's so much that happens in the night. The Bible says, but an angel of the Lord came at night where apostles are gathered. Even if they didn't say they prayed and the Holy Ghost came down, that's our song. There's no way that they'll be gathered, apostles, that they will not be praying, that they will not be interceding, you know. There's no way that apostles will be in a place, they are in a dark situation, they are in jail, that they are not going to pray. Even before they even finish the prayer, God had answered them. Isn't our God amazing? Hallelujah. Amen. And the angel came with a message. Let's see what the message is. Next verse. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. They could have argued with the angel that ah, is this message that brought us here in the first place. Now you're saying we should go back and give this. But they, what did they do? Next verse. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. It's important that we obey promptly. We don't choose when we should obey. The Bible says that they obeyed immediately. And that immediate obedience comes with grace. You know, it comes with favor. It comes with, with boldness and anointing. They saw what the angel did in the night. And this angel from God is giving them an instruction. They just held on to it and they moved. When we are in a situation and we think that there's no way out, we should know that the next verse, God is sending a messenger. God is sending a message. God is bringing deliverance for us, but we should be ready to obey. We should be ready to follow God to the letter. And 
we will experience his grace and we will experience his deliverance. Hallelujah. Verse, um, verse um, let's see now. Okay, let's look at verse 20 to 25. I'll just pick a few. So remember to um, write your questions if you have questions. So it says, next, next verse. Let's go to 22. Okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported. Do you know, do you know what had happened there? I'm sure they had set the whole, you know, everything that we are going to, we are going to embarrass these people. But they were the ones that were embarrassed. Because they said, but you said that apostles were in the jail. Where are they? You know, God just turned everything around overnight. Put that shame that they wanted to put on their head, put it on them. You know, that they even had to, when they now approached them, when they heard, you know, that they were already preaching, they had to approach them with respect. Say, we have come to arrest you. Please permit us to arrest you. They sent us. Eh? We don't know what they told them in their ear. Say, we know, we know, we know you are men of God, but they sent us to arrest you. Please follow us, eh? please. You know, they had to approach them with respect. That is what God can do. God changed everything overnight. Verse 28. It says, didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name? Continue. He demanded. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death. The next verse. But Peter and the apostles replied. Everybody repeats. But Peter and the apostles replied. We have to reply our threats. We have to reply our threats. People that come, situations that threaten us, we must respond. We must respond. Peter responded to the threat. He responded with the word of God. When the enemy threatens you with sickness, you respond with the word of God. When the enemy threatens you with loss, you respond with the word of God. When the enemy threatens you with failure, you respond with the word of God. When the enemy threatens you with disgrace, you respond with the word of God. Don't ever allow the enemy have the last say. Hallelujah. Amen. So um, at this point, we are going to be calling in Pastor to come on. I think CMM. So yes, like I said, if you have your questions, write them down and um, you'll be attended to. For those of us online, if we have our questions... Please, let's send them in. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Happy to see well you. Well done. Happy to see well you, done. sir. Yes, sir. Happy <laughs> to see you also. Yes, sir. So, um, we were going through the, the text. There's so much, so much, you know. So Huge. much. So much. I don't even know. You know, just 
shows that um, there's still a lot that we need to connect to with God that we have left, left aside, that we have to be deliberate about now. Have to be deliberate. I have um, a few questions. Let me start with the first one. Okay. Um, verse 13, um, please, um, CMM, can we see verse 13? Or let me just read it here. It says, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. So, sir, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it sounds like a contradiction, exactly. actually. Exactly, yes, sir. Because if you read the next verse, um, can you please verse, um, verse 14? Can you please read the next verse? Okay, it says, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both <laughs> men and women. Yeah. yeah ab absolutely. So so what's going on there? I mean, it's interesting that you picked it up, you know, also because when you were reading it, you know, I made a mental note. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And <laughs> and um and the difference there is this. Um, the first one, if you bring up that first passage of scripture again, the, the preceding verse. Verse um, It says, it says, yet, it says, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard. High regard for them. For them. And um, then Verse the, the, the next verse says, yet more, more and more, more people, people believed and were brought to the Lord, obviously, and joined them. Now, so what's going on here is this. In the church today, we have people that just have joined the church. Okay. But they are not converted. Hmm. They've joined the church because it was a, it's a popular movement. In fact, there was a time that being born again was a very, I mean, very popular thing. It was trending. It was trending. Use it to get jobs. Use it to get babes. Use it to get... <laughs> Use it to get different things in life, you know? So, that is happening in our time. But in their time, people didn't dare do that because of, obviously, the power of God present and the instant eternal judgment that they see happen, particularly the, in the uh, preceding passages with Ananias and Sapphira. So people would not just join them because it was trendy, because it was cute, because it was, uh, it's, 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 it's the church, it's, it's the in thing in town to, to be a member of a church or to, or to be a Christian and all that stuff. However, loads and loads of people were joining them through Christ. Because if you read out verse 14, it says that many believed in Christ. Yeah. They believed the word. So, so more and more people believed and they were brought to the Lord. So Jesus remains, remained the door to the church. Mm. Access to the church was purely through Christ and not through Influence. I knew the pastor or the pastor's uh, cousin you know, uh, who were together in secondary school. Oh, you know, no. Or, or, 
oh, this is a, um, this church is from my tribe's people. So um, I see a lot of Hausa people here, I'm comfortable. I see a lot of Yoruba people here, I'm comfortable. I see a lot of Igbo people here, I'm comfortable. Or this is a church of ah, wealthy people. Ah, me too, I want to be wealthy one day. Let me obnob. And no, Christ was the gate. Mm. Everyone that came was through Jesus. Mm. Wow. So, I don't know if that helped. Yes, yes, yes. I was also thinking, can it be that, you know, just like what you said, after the event of Ananias and Sapphira, I'm sure, you know, they will go and think oh, that we cannot come here and, and form what we have not experienced, you know. So I was just thinking that that must have really, you know, put a lot of fear and dread in anybody's heart that was planning anything contrary to doing exactly what God wanted them to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. So um, then the next part, even though I didn't get to it, but I'll, I'll, I, want, I want you to just talk about it. The um, Gamaliel, after his long speech, you know, he said that the others took the advice, you know, but they still flogged them and warned them. So what, what did they take? What did they understand by what he said? I mean, after what he said, it should make them just leave these people. But they still flog them and still threaten them. Yes, so <laughs> it just shows the, the nature of man, the depraved nature of, of man. So here we are. Gamaliel has explained to them that look, he gave the example of Justus, example of the other guy that when they died, their disciples faded away. No need of killing these guys. The seed in the ground has been planted already, and that is Christ. You kill is okay, if they say you killed him, he's dead already. If they are not of God, this thing will not work. If they are of God, it will work and there's nothing you can do against it. Do you want to fight God? And because, obviously, they were pious people, they want to be seen as honoring God, you know, they agreed. But they also want to be seen as authoritative. They want to be seen as we are the one in charge here. And you know, to save, and, to save face or something like that, to, to save face, <laughs> to intimidate the apostles, you know, and to and to inflict some pain on them because they also their ego felt bruised because uh, the, the Bible says they were envious, they mm. were jealous of the them. apostles. Like you said, mm. people are coming from different towns, they're like they're not even coming to see us. Who are these people? <laughs> you know, you know, I don't understand, you know, so. They needed to um, just harass them, hmm. you know. So it's just an harassment. And, and you know, we shouldn't cave into harassment. Sometimes the enemy tries to harass us. He knows they can't kill us. He knows there is nothing he can do to us, you know. Um, and so all he's, all he's left with is to try and flog, hmm. to try and intimidate, to try and harass, to try and, you know, but even that will fail. 
Yes, it helped a lot. And you know, the next verse went on to talk about how, you know, the, the, the apostles, they were happy. They rejoiced. After the flogging, I'm sure that would have even made the, um, the high council, would have even made them even feel terrible. So with everything we've done to these people, they are still happy. They are still rejoicing. And the following verse now said that they were going to preach the word every day. They were going from house to house. So they didn't even stop, you know. So it's just really, really exciting to know that when we walk with Jesus, we don't remain the same. These, these, these people have been transformed, you know. I, I was thinking about it when Jesus called them and who they have become. When he called them, they were always asking questions. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why must we do this? Should we do it? Ah, no, you will not go to the cross. So, ah, you will not die. You know, but they had grown. They had matured. They had changed. They had transformed. The Holy Spirit had, you know, filled them. And we can see the manifestation. And that is how it should be in our lives. You know, when we walk with Jesus, we can't be the same. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So Amen. we have do we have questions. Yes, Pastor, go ahead, sir. While we while we wait on that, if there is any, if there are any questions, um, you would you reckon that these apostles rejoiced for a reason when they were flogged. They counted they counted it a privilege mm. to be flogged for Jesus. Yes, sir. They were like. You know, the enemy thought, oh, we will we, we disgrace them, we we'll flood them, we we'll do this. The apostles were like, they were happy. Counted what an honor. You to, know? to be counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. Who are we? Wow. And, you know, and the truth is that the more we, we align our understanding of what the gospel really is, mm. you know, the, the easier our work with God becomes. Yeah. You know, you know, and they were like, they rejoiced, you know, that's wonderful. <laughs> Maybe they gave them 12, 12 strokes. They said, can you add three more for me? Three more extra strokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. what, a, what a joy. Yes. You know. Okay, so I have a question for you. Wow. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I have a question for you, and you know, and I'm thinking, you know, while you while you were teaching, another thing that struck me was the fact that the situations were uncannily similar with when Jesus was buried. Hmm. When Jesus was buried, they 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 locked his tomb, his tomb, rather, and they put. Guards, soldiers, yeah, not not uh, soldiers in front of the, the tomb. And when those soldiers, when they looked in, or when they checked, the, the tomb was empty. <laughs> now, these same people bribed the soldiers to keep quiet and to tell a lie, hmm. right? Hmm. Now you've taken his followers, you put them in a public cell, right? Hmm. You, you said it was a public cell, yes. Right? Public chair, yeah. Which means that there were other people in chains there. in that cell, and the 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 the, 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 the prison was locked. 
So these people, it was even and a more amazing work, like you said, the greater <laughs> work that this shall you do. God delivered them from the midst of every other person in that prison, hmm. took them out of the of the cell, and the doors were still locked. Wow. Hmm. And they were not are still afraid. Hmm. I want to ask you, Pastor Luna, what makes people to see this kind of things that are clearly God and they are still not afraid? Hmm. You taught us on Sunday now. This, these are conspirators. They are, working, hmm. they are working with the devil. So, I mean, they are working with the devil. So they have hmm. the, the devil's agenda. So we shouldn't just think that they are just after us. They are after the faith. They want to, they want to end the movement. They want to, you know, oh. end the call. So this, oh. they are agents of darkness. That's, oh. No matter what they call themselves, Sadducee, Pharisee, oh. they are agents of darkness. Because if anybody will experience such amazing work... Oh. They, they, they knew that Jesus resurrected. They knew. They couldn't find Absolutely. his body. You know? Absolutely. They experienced it again by seeing his disciples come out of a, a jail. They knew all these things. But they were on assignment by the devil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so what I hear you say is this. That we should not expect. Because I've seen a lot of, a lot of believers get disappointed when the miraculous work of God in their lives mm. does not convince their conspirators. <laughs> when God does an amazing thing in their lives and their conspirators are still not impressed. Mm. <laughs> you know? And so we, 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 we have seen people uh, uh, play down on what God has done for them or, or not rejoice as much as they would because they are seeking the approval hmm. of people that will never, even if Jesus came down from the clouds, these guys will never admit it. Hmm. They will never admit it. You know? Yeah. So we, 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 we should not um, um, bother so much hmm. at the response of our enemies. Hmm. We shouldn't bother so much at their responses you know, and yes, God will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies, mm. but guess what? They will, if they say they are not eating, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they can insist on it. It's so amazing. You know, uh, conspirators have a pact with the devil, they are agents of darkness, and we should not even expect that, oh, this is what God is doing with us, so this is what God is doing to impress them. Mm. Why should it? Because they already have their league already, and that is with Satan, the enemy of the church. Yeah. But Jesus will prevail. Amen. amen, amen. There was something that came to my mind when you, okay. yeah, when you were speaking. Um, I've forgotten the name of the book, but it was about a man that, you know, had so deviated from God. And I think someone was maybe like his brother or maybe brother-in-law or something was really bent on... You must be saved. You must, you know, accept Jesus. Accept Jesus. Do this, do that, do that. The man, the man called him one day. I say, I know that this is wrong. I know this is, but I have made up my mind. 
And before then, God had told him, leave this man alone. Oh. You know? Leave oh. him, leave him, like, oh. leave it's him. Free. You understand? So, I mean, it's, it, it was really emotional for the guy because this is somebody that he knows and, you know, but God had told him, leave, but he kept insisting until the man told him that, Luko, I am not, I am not going to give my life to this, your Jesus. So just forget it. I mean, it's tough. Really tough. Oh, you know? oh amazing. Hmm. Amazing. Do we have any questions? Okay, one more, one more question for you, Pastor. All right, sir. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will throw it to the floor. Eh? <laughs> Before we go, and that is, you know, I mean, thank God for your teaching. It's, it's, uh, it's very thought-provoking. Hmm. So it's also your fault. <laughs> it's the word of so, God, though. It's the word of God. By the time I read amen. the last, by the time I read the last word there, Jesus is the Messiah. I started singing. Messiah. Is, I say, hey. I say, oh, wow. The word of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, um, and that's the fact that human beings actually don't listen. Hmm. They don't listen to, they don't, we don't watch trends, we don't, we don't see that the world has changed hmm. right under our noses. You talked about crowds were following and you said, to, you said, so you asked a very profound question, where are the followers today? <laughs> I... <laughs> they, are, they are online. They are online. But you see, churches are still insisting. Businesses are still insisting. Christians, people are still insisting. How do we accept first? I'm not even going to ask you um, how do we become more effective online because you, you've already put it out there that you're going to start learning yourself. So, <laughs> so my question is, why is it so difficult for us to change? Why must we become a cake? Why must we become outdated and, and irrelevant? Why can't we just change? I, I think people are just adverse to change, you know, and just like you said, change. Change requires a lot of effort hard work, being deliberate, you know, um, a church that we insist that they must go to everybody's house one by one. How many houses can you reach? How many places can you go? How many with your leg? How many trek will you trek to be able to, to save, save people, to reach people? You know, I think it's just the mindset, the mindset and the exposure you know, that has limited a lot of people, a lot of churches. We should look at organizations. There are some organizations that refuse to change with the trend and they are obsolete now. They don't call them anymore. They can't fit in. 
so that, that will not be our portion. We cannot just wait. I mean, COVID even made us think very far, wide, deep, all around that, look, something can actually shift the norm, you know. So we should be ready for change. We should, we should be open-minded. We should be ready to learn. We should find out how are organizations doing it, organizations that are excelling. They are not organizations that are uh, analog. They are digital organizations. Everything, they have changed to be able to move with the trend. Why shouldn't the church change? Why shouldn't we change? Why shouldn't we you know, take advantage of all these tools that have been made available? Who gave them the wisdom? Oh. Who brought this? I mean, it's all about God. It's God that gives oh. the wisdom and the insight. So we shouldn't be the last people to take advantage of all this technology. It's God that gives the knowledge, wisdom, everything, oh. insight. So oh. we should take advantage. And the church needs to be in the forefront of, of this technology. Yes, sir. So there's a follow-up question to that. Uh-uh. There's a follow-up thought <laughs> to that. And that is for those that, um, yes, you've spoken to the organization. I want to speak to those that they are... Um, okay, let me rephrase it. The, you, you, you said, and you emphasized the fact that they were always, they were always gathering. Yeah. They were always meeting. They were always in, in the world, always in fellowship, mm. always in prayer. Yeah. Now, while the church must make sure that there are now multi-channels which, by which people can connect and be you can connect via Mixler, via YouTube, via Instagram, via, you know, and even try this tribe. And you can come physically. And so, two things. There are some things that must be done physically. Mm. For instance, connecting the cable that makes sure your mic is working <laughs> cannot be done remotely. <laughs> Someone has to come and, and, do it. and make that happen. Yeah. You know, uh, putting on the computer, starting up the software, connecting the everything. Someone has to make sure that is that is happening. Yeah. So, however, what about those that have used online as a camouflage, as a as a cloak of backsliding? You know. So they are not in church physically. They say they are online. Maybe they start it up and they sleep off <laughs> and they wake up and they say Amen, Amen. to the grace. <laughs> And they, they tell them, so we're going to rewatch it. Maybe they will watch it the first time or the second time. After a while, you know, and like backsliding goes, you know, it becomes. So, what would you say to such? Um, I think um, everybody has to be true to themselves. Um, thank God we can meet physically again. So, if you can come to church, come to church. If you can be in Thrive, be in Thrive. You know, we've actually been so used to this online thing, you know, that all the excuses now are so, um, you know, they look like there's no way I can be in church on Wednesday. But you used to come to church on Wednesday, you know. You used to be in church on Wednesday. You used to come to church on Sunday, you know. So we have to be true to ourselves and we have to be deliberate. You know, there, there are some people that are not growing at all because they, have, they, are, they say they are online, but they've actually disconnected. 
they've disconnected completely. They don't even know what we are talking about. They don't know what's going on. So um, maybe for any reason you are online today and you are listening to me, come to church on Sunday. Amen. Come physically. Yeah? Come and reconnect back to what is happening. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So do we have any questions? No questions. Okay. Okay, somebody has a question. He's raising up his hand. Oh, two people have questions. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Um, I am enjoying this topic. Actually, this is my first time. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Um, you talked about um, Acts chapter 5, okay. verses 14. Okay. That um, talked about um, the people bringing out Paul's, um, bringing out sick bodies to the street on birds and mats. Yeah. For uh, Peter's shadow to heal. rest upon it and then heal them. Now, you, you made mention of the power of God not limited to a certain people is for everyone. I want to support that motive with an Acts chapter, Mark chapter 16, verses 17. It says, these signs will be associated, I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Okay. It says, these signs will be associated with those who believe they will throw out demons in my name. Amen. They will speak in new languages. Amen. Now, that would support that motion, but there's something I want to also bring up now because a lot of times we we get to want to do some of these things, but we we tend to fall back. Okay. And a lot of times it's because when we when we hold on to that scripture that says this signs shall follow them, them that believe, and at the end of the day you do something and nothing happens then you just throw it away and say, well, it's for pastors, it's not for me. Hmm. But I, I would love it if you would throw more light on Hebrews chapter 12, verses number 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verses number 11. It says, no discipline is fun while it lasts, but it seems painful at the time. Later, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. So for me, what I believe is, I don't know if it's, it's general or if it's applicable to everyone, but for me, I believe if I try this thing and it doesn't work, then there's no need of me giving up. Rather, I should ask question, what should I do or what and where should I go to look out for these things? Or Because sometimes someone once said, uh, we have graces, our graces are on the same level. And I disagreed. Because my level of grace now, I can't tell the sick person to stand up. But we, when we talk of the likes of the Papa Deboyes, the Oyedepos and the rest, looking at the, the lame already, they are working. Now you can't say we are on the same level of grace. But I believe there's a level of discipline they have taken to get to where they are. Now the question is, what should we do when we try, it fails. What should we do to get to that level? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Papi, you're still there, B? Okay. Welcome to church. This is your first time. So let's, let's welcome him. 
you know, for those of us that have been, you know, been in church for a while, we, we have talked about this, you know, on, um, where you, if, if you have to lay hands on someone, it's not about you. It's not about you. You are moving in obedience to God's instruction. And God takes over from there. So, um, that's, just, that's just it. You shouldn't think, oh, um, pastor talks about it now. Oh, if I, if I tell people now, you do want to give your life to Christ and nobody stands up, I will feel so embarrassed. It's not about you. You give the call. It's the Holy Spirit that gives the conviction. It's God that takes the glory, you know. But you have to keep at it. Stay in that place. Papi, continue from there. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, well, I mean, well done. I mean, and uh, welcome to, to the gentleman, um, the gospel of the house. Um, like you said, sir, yourself, uh, the, the gap is usually the life that is being lived versus the results that we desire. Hmm. So you mentioned uh, Pastor Deboe, you mentioned Bishop Oedeko and the likes. You know, I mean, and how God uses them and has used them and continue to use them powerfully, you know. And then, and then you, you, you mentioned yourself, you know, and, and, you, and, you know, thank God, number one, you are not denying God's power. Mm. You can see that it exists. You acknowledge it exists. Yeah. But you are just being truthful to yourself that you are not there yet. So you are in a good place. So what you do is, what's the gap? What's... What um, God doesn't love them specially, and God does not um, um, treat them specially. So, uh, well, the, if we if we are able to um, let me use loosely check the boxes they checked, then we should be able to see the results that we desire to see. However, I must say that um, while every believer is ordained and anointed to for miracles, you know, we are not all called to the same things and we are not all called to the same offices. Yeah. So because of their office, let's say you mentioned their names, so I will just mention their names again. A pastor Diboye again, who's uh, happy birthday to him is 80 today. <laughs> Praise God, you know. And he, 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 what is called, what God has called him to do, God did not even call every pastor to do it. So the, the grace that is available for that work will not be available for every pastor. Then, of course, by extension, for every believer. So the, the, the key thing is to run your own race and to be on that track, that path that God has called you to be and see miracles in there. And walk to the fullness of the grace that is in there for you and you'll be the envy of the world people will call you i mean i don't know what your name is let's say your name is uh thomas people are okay no, let's say peter <laughs> we say oh like like peter you know like brother peter or what have you you know when there are certain examples of those that have worked in the miraculous you know so yes so if we do the things that needs to be done we'll pay the price you know, we will see the results. 
Thank you, sir. Are you good? All right. One more person has a question. Wow. Good to be here. Um, I want to ask you questions. Uh, when you were preaching, you didn't mention that, um, I think um, you quoted a Bible verse that says, the heart of man is desperate wicked. And it didn't mention some jealousy, jealousy, hatred. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the Bible says they continue steadfastening in apostle doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, in prayers. And the fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. My question I want to ask, if the apostles were united, if they were together in one accord, breaking of bread among themselves, why is it that there is so much hatred in our church today? There is so much division among the people of God. Even when we look at opposite religions of the other side, you see they are more united than churches of these days. So why is it that there is no that unity, there is no that bond among ourselves? Because you are going to hear if they invite you, you say no. Uh, you, so there are a lot of you know, things happening in our, in our world today. Why is this so? Praise Master Jesus. Oh, okay, you just generalized that there's hatred in the churches. You can't generalize. Do you be, are you a member of God's favorite house? Uh, no, I was here on Sunday. Okay, you were here on Sunday. You're welcome. Welcome to God's favorite house. Okay. All right, um, like we know, the world is broken. And people that come to church are not people that come from space. They are people around that come to church. And like we also heard, it's not everybody that comes to church that, you know, is connected to what is happening in church. It's not everybody that has given their heart to God. It's not everybody that is sold out to God. So... It's possible to experience different things, experience different people, experience, you know, have different experiences, but it's not enough for you to generalize and say that that is how the churches and other religions are more loving than I, I don't agree to that. There's love in God's favorite house. There's, yes, there's unity in God's favorite house. So, Amen. yes, you just need to come and fellowship and you will experience God's love. Papi, you want to say something there? Yes, I mean, while I agree with you that um, um, there's a lot of generalization there, I see what he's talking about. So, um, is, so if you, the different churches don't work together very well right now, you know? And it appears that because we are, um, we are in, we are a city on a hill. The church is a city on a hill. So our mistakes are glaring to the everywhere. world. Our mistakes, <laughs> our mistakes are everywhere in front of the whole world, you know? Um, there's even even at that, there's no other, I would say, movement that loves like the church loves. Exactly. You know, there, there's yeah. no other Yes, hallelujah. Amen. There's no other movement that loves like the church loves. The the similitude of unity we see in, in the other in different other movements, a lot of them is 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 um is 
rooted on the unity they have around the ideology they pursue. It's not the it's not real love. It's 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 they have unity around the ideology they pursue. So, for instance, um, a suicide bomber, an extremist Islamic Islamist, believes that if he bombs people, if he kills people, and he dies in the process of the jihad, he will go to Al Journal, Evan, they call, they say, and 21 virgins will be waiting for him. You know, we marry 21. <laughs> we marry 21 virgins. This is someone that on earth is so poor, he cannot even have, I mean, no, no girl is looking his way. You know, and he has a, an ideology that says, if you kill people in the name of Allah, if you kill people in the name of a certain God, oh, paradise is waiting for you. That unites them for a common purpose, but that's not love, you know? Um, so in, in a lot of things that appear to be unity, yes, I agree, it's unity. I mean, um, but it's not rooted in, 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 in the love of God. So yes, I agree with you, the church needs to, even God's family house that will believe that by God's grace is full of love, we can always love more. You know, every space, every everybody can always love more. Everybody can always become better. So yeah. you take it upon yourself to be the change that you are seeking. You be that Christian that will love everybody. Make the change. Go to the house now. Let us know you as the apostle of love. You know? Amen. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, let's just... Um, have a quick prayer. Um, you may be here and you've listened to everything that we've been sharing and you don't have this connection with Jesus. You know that you need to make that step. You need to take that decision and come to God. He's waiting to receive you. You can just put up your hands. The ushers will slip in a card into your hands if you want to give your life to Christ. We'll pray together. If you're online, you can also um, indicate online. The online pastors will reach out to you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Thank you for your children that are coming to you even this moment. Lord, we pray, oh God, that you will touch their lives. Lord, you will reveal yourself to them. That they will experience you like never before. Father, you will, you will fill them with your spirit, spirit of life, spirit of grace, spirit of truth. Lord God, and you will transfer even their, their names from the book of, of hell even to the book of life. Father, Lord, we say these ones will be planted and rooted and grounded in you. And they will serve you even all the days of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over to you, Pastor. Okay, so um, the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. As so it is, I shall be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 So 
God's favorite house, who are we? We are limitless all the way. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.